Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, y'all? want to welcome you back to another Field Note Fridays episode powered by Federal Premium. We're going to be breaking these next three weeks down into a couple of parts with our very own Brian Murphy. What are we going to be talking about? We're going to be breaking down some three key senses of the white-tailed deer. That's going to be sight, smell, and hearing. And so Brian is going to dive into all three of those aspects of the white-tailed deer how you as a hunter can look at those things and benefit from them and potentially find a way to get that buck in closer, go after that big buck that you've been catching on camera for the past two years. But we're going to get Brian on here to talk about that for the next three weeks. And again, y'all, we just want to thank you for your support. Appreciate you for tuning in to the Hunt Stand podcast. And we hope you take a lot from this from Brian Murphy. Hey, man, good to be here. Always, always willing to talk deer. Heck yeah, man. Always talk about deer. So, man let's let's dive into it Let, let's let's not get the feet wet let's just get into it with the deer senses man so you're you're the expert on everything deer so start telling us man well yeah well i think you know as hunters we we all wonder and speculate a lot of campfire lore around what deer see what they smell what they hear you know heck what they touch and what they taste um you know so i, I think the best place to start is just the the realization that whitetails have the same five senses that we do, but they're very different. And those again are sense of sight, smell, touch, taste, and, and hearing. And I think we've probably pioneered our learning as, as hunters the most in the fields of sight and probably uh, hearing in the last couple of decades, perhaps even more than the, the sense of smell. But I'd like to start with the, the sense of sight. Um, that's one that I've personally had a, a long history with as a deer researcher uh, at the University of Georgia many moons ago uh, when I completed my graduate research there, uh, actually in scent communication on whitetails. Uh, the university hired me on immediately after as a whitetail research coordinator. Okay. So I actually worked for the University of Georgia. And, and my goal every day was to get up and, and learn things about whitetail deer. I mean, that's pretty daggum cool, right? Um, so we had one of the greatest captive deer programs and, and, and research faculty at the time, Dr. Larry Marsh and Dr. Carl Miller. So I was the intermediary between them and all the students in the science. So we tackled deer vision. Mm-hmm. And back in the 90s, uh, there was still a lot of speculation about what deer saw. And in particular, 
are they colorblind or not? And therefore, is blaze orange that we are required to wear in most states hurting us or helping us or neutral uh, as hunters? And so we, we pioneered a, a landmark study uh, that serves to this day as kind of the fundamental study on whitetail vision. Uh, we actually acquired the services of professors from University of California, Santa Barbara, and University of, of Wisconsin, and brought down the, the two top mammalian vision research scientists in, in, the, in, in, the, in the country, certainly perhaps in the world, maybe. Wow. And we studied visual capabilities of white-tailed deer, fallow deer, cattle, sheep, and goats all at once. So I'll talk about the white-tailed stuff. Uh, before we dove into that, we, we did do basic uh, work on what we knew about the deer's eye compared to our eye. And there are some fundamental differences. Just before we dove into the research at all, just mm-hmm. what do we know about what a deer's eye, how it's adapted versus ours? And we, we noticed a number of fundamental differences. One, humans have a round pupil. Okay. Deer have a slit, kind of a, a, you know, a tapered opening. Okay. I'll talk about why that matters in just a minute. Deer also have very wide eye spacing. Their spacing is on the side of their head. Ours are front forward. We're a predator. We look forward. They're looking at danger from all directions. Mm -hmm. So they, horses, you know, open game, plains game, wide open space animals have wide spacing eyes, which gives them a bigger field of view than humans, but, but poorer visual acuity. In other words, detail to see fine detail. And I'll talk a little bit about why that matters for hunting Mm -hmm. in just a minute. Okay. Um, Deer also have something that most hunters have seen at night with their headlights or their flashlights. Deer's eyes shine. Mm -hmm. Ours don't. What is that? Why is that? And many other predators and and many other animals have that same uh, structure in their eye, and it's called a tapetum. And a tapetum is just simply a mirror. It's a specialized crystals that form a mirror-like substance that allows deer to utilize light twice. So what happens with a human or any animal that doesn't have that structure is they're able to, light will come in, uh, get concentrated in the back of their, their, their retina, and basically that's it. You use all the light you can one time and you're done. Okay. Deer that comes in, they utilize that light, it hits that reflective layer in the back of their eye, and it, it basically reverses the direction of that flow of light back through the eye, so they're using light twice. Uh, wow. So it's a, it's, a, it's a doubler, a magnifier of the light. So when you look at their pupil uh, shape difference, ours being round, theirs being a slit, theirs has the ability to open about three times wider than ours does. Jeez. Anybody, anybody that knows anything about camera lenses knows that the aperture, you know, you open it up if you want more light. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same is true with a the deer. They have the ability to open up their, their aperture in their eye, if you will, and it goes three times larger uh, roughly than a human's. The way that works in light gathering is it works as a function of the of the uh, square root. Um, and so it's actually many times greater than that. It's about roughly nine times based on our calculations that a deer has about nine times the light gathering ability than does a human. Jeez. And then it doubles with that tapetum, that reflective layer. Okay. So it becomes 18 times greater. So our best estimates are that deer can see in low light about 18 times better than humans. Um, and, and that makes sense. They're a, a prey animal that has to avoid danger in low light conditions, early morning, late evening, and at night. 
So again, their eyes are adapted to what they do. Now, when it comes to color vision, this is where our research really uh, uh, brought home some new, new, uh, new findings. Uh, humans, we, uh, uh, we have, uh, our eyes are comprised of two main types of cells types uh, called rods and cones. And rods are simply the structures in, in our eyes that allow us to see at night and in low light conditions and in black and white. So they're kind of the slow firing work at night, work in black and white. Okay. Then we have these other structures called cones that are, allow us to see in daylight, see color. Uh, that's kind of our daytime processing. You know, right now you looking at your computer screen, your cones are firing and your rods are pretty quiet. We shut off all the lights and closed all the windows. Your rods would fire up. And of course, because we're mostly a predator that functions during daylight, we are heavily cone focused. We see great color. We see great in the daylight. Uh, deer have a lower concentration of the cones and a higher concentration of the rods. Okay. Rods allow us to see or them to see better at night. So they're more nighttime adapted. We're more daytime color adapted. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing our research found is that um, deer, unlike humans, we have three what we call cone photopigments. All that means are specialized cells on those cones that allow us to basically code for the red, the green, and the blue spectrums. Okay. You know, just the three main color uh, spectra that we see. In fact, the old, before your time, you're too young for this. <laughs> but we used to have an RGB, RGB controls on our TVs because those are the three main, you'd basically set them on your old color TVs because those are the three wavelengths that humans can see in. You'd set the RG, RGB um, red, green, blue wavelengths on your TV. You didn't have what, HDMI back then. No, this was this was well before those days. <laughs> um, so we have a, a a specialized cone photoreceptor that allows us to see well in the in in the short, which are the blues, the mediums, which are the greens, and the long wavelengths colors, which are the reds. Okay. Deer, we found only have two of these. So there we're we're a dichromat. They're a Sorry, we're a trichromat with three. They're a dichromat. Simply means they have two of the three. Now, the, the one they they have a blue. We have a blue. They're pretty similar. We'll talk about some slight differences there. We have a green. They have a hybrid green red. So there we have a true red, green, and blue. Uh, they 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 only have two, and their second one is intermediate between our green and our red. And what that means is. We see the full color spectrum. They only see in the blues and somewhere between the yellows, kind of the, between the, the mm -hmm. green and blue, which is yellow. So they're going to see in two main color forms. We're going to see in the spectrum, the three main uh, red, green, blue. Gotcha. Now, what that means for, for blaze orange is that because they're missing that long cone photopigment, we have a red one. Okay. You know, we, have, we have the blue, the green, and the red. They're missing the red. So they cannot distinguish long wavelength colors. Blaze orange is a long wavelength color. Huh. So the take home message here is they do not see orange like we see orange. They cannot distinguish orange probably from red or green. Uh, they have a condition in humans, red, green color blindness. We all know humans that have it. It's actually a condition called protonopia. Basically deer have that um, in, in essence. So if you want to kind of see how a deer sees find a human that's red, green, colorblind, and they can tell you. So they couldn't separate green or red or blaze orange when lined up. 
we can see distinct differences in those colors. They God. cannot. So, so they, they, that's why blaze orange is not a, you know, an impediment to, you know, us as hunters is because they simply do not have the cell type in their eye mm-hmm. to distinguish that. Uh, now on the, on the other end of it, the blue part of the wavelength, we don't see very good into the low wavelengths of blue light. And I'm talking about that early morning blue, that nightclub blue. When you walk in at night under a bug zapper type light or a blue light and you're white or your jeans pop, you know, that's that's the light wavelength I'm talking about here. Okay. You don't see real well in that wavelength. No. The main reason is because we were born with a UV filter over our eyes. We are a long-lived species. And the good Lord above built us in a natural filter that keep us from going blind by age 40. Because otherwise the UV light would cause us to go blind. But what that does is it's like putting on a, a set of shooting glasses. It filters that 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 blue wavelength out okay. that we don't see as well in it. Deer are not as long-lived species, obviously, and don't need it, so they don't have that lens. So they see deeper into the blues, and they see the blues much, much more vividly than we do. So the worst color a hunter could wear is a pair of blue jeans. I was about to say, so don't wear blue. Yeah. And that's accentuated. And all, to test this theory, um, all you have to do is you know, get a pair of faded blue jeans you like and go out right at dawn or right at dusk and look at them. And you'll notice that they glow. They emit because there's a lot of natural blue light. Blue light is common yes. morning and evening. And so those, those, those short wavelength colors, the blues, Lighter shaded uh, colors will pop because that it, the natural blue wavelength of light, which predominates early morning and late evening when deer are active, um, it it will accentuate those colors. So be careful of of the blues, um, and don't worry about the oranges. So you can get away with a lot more orange, and don't try to get away with the blue. <laughs> so, I mean. I would assume that mule deer and elk probably have very similar eye eyesight yeah, characteristics. We, yeah, we can assume, I think, reasonably that the North American deer family uh, would have equal okay. visual capabilities. Gotcha. Uh, we saw very similar results in fallow deer, which fallow deer, as I mentioned earlier, we did cattle, sheep, goats, fallow deer, and white-tailed deer in our research. And fallow deer come from a different evolutionary path than the North American deer do. And yet they had very similar visual capabilities. So even old world deer, which has a very different path to where they got to today versus a whitetail or a mule deer, which are very close. They're actually cousins. Um, so, yeah, we can make pretty, uh, I think, sure assumptions that um, that mule deer and elk would, would see this pretty much the same as what we're talking about here. Okay. Um, you know, other thing we found about deer this, that I think is pretty cool is that the structure of the way their eye works versus the humans is all of our cones are really concentrated in the center of our eye because we're when we're looking at something we're a predator we're looking straight forward and we're focused on one spot and so with a very high concentration centralized concentration of cones in our eye we can concentrate all those on a spot and read you know find newspaper at close distance and a stop sign at you know at good distance if you're mm-hmm. young like you um, so that, that visual acuity is our benefit as a predator deer, their cones are much more spread out. So they don't see as sharp as we do, but what they can do is keep something in focus across a whole spectrum. So the example I like to use is that if I'm a human 
and a deer is trotting across a field, I have to keep my eyes focused hard on that animal and move my head with it to keep it in focus. But I can keep it in really sharp focus, but yeah. I got to move with it. Deer watching a human walk across the field, they can stay completely stationary. And it's you moving across their retina that they're viewing instead of them moving their head because they have this band of cells spread across this, this, this slit that I mentioned earlier so that they can keep you in equal focus across a wide range of the horizon. It's not as sharp as ours, mm -hmm. but, but they can keep you in focus. And what that allows them to do is, is obviously, you know, stay very motionless as a, as a prey animal and watch a predator moving and not have to give up its head by moving. But also most importantly, we think is when they're actually moving themselves and they're running through the forest. Yeah. They don't, they don't look at every rock and tree and root like we have to. If we're running helter-skelter through the forest, you know, we're going to trip and fall or get a branch hit. You know, we're going we're gonna to have trouble. Yeah. And if you compound that by putting it at night, can you imagine running as fast as you could run through a rocky wooded trail and not and, – and you would, you know, humans would make it 20 steps before we're, you know. I'd, I'd get clotheslined. Head with a branch or trip over a root or a rock. Yeah. Here – because they are, again, very adapted to what they do, they can keep the horizon completely in focus and keep their head stationary and keep everything in focus. So they're moving through the forest. Everything stays in focus. They're not having to move their head to keep up with it. Uh, because they can also use the light much more efficiently, they're seeing better at night. So they can com combine these two strengths, the ability to keep something in focus across the spectrum with the ability to gather more light, to be able to run through the forest at night, and not hit their, you know, their antlers on a tree or even trip and fall. So these are just some adaptive mechanisms that deer have. They can, you know, they can basically, you know, really focus, uh, you know, focus on a on a wide spectrum at one point. Um, they also have a much higher. This is a, a big term, but it's pretty simple in definition. It's called a, a flicker fusion rate. And flicker fusion rate, if if you've ever watched a TV monitor, computer monitor, where the lines are scrolling really, really fast. And then after a while, it just kind of stops. They go to whatever the picture is or it goes to nothing. The human brain can only process at a certain speed. This, this is our flicker fusion rate, our ability to process these lines. Right. Deer have a much higher flicker fusion rate than we do. So where we would go static, where we can't see it any faster than that, they would still be seeing lines. And all that means is that they can slow an image down to where, you know, we see something, they can accommodate, they can, sorry, they can pick it up so much quicker and it accentuates it so, so easy. They can pick up movement. It's basically a movement uh, ability that allows them to see and detect movement at an incredible high rate, uh, much faster than the humans can. Uh, so your micro movement of a little shift in the deer stand is accentuated probably several fold in terms of how easy they pick you up. Mm -hmm. Um, so these are all things that hunters have realized that, man, deer are probably seeing me, but movement is still number one. Uh, they have the incredible ability to detect movement. They don't have great detail. That's why if a deer, I mean, every hunter has experienced a deer walking up to them and freezing and then sitting there. And, and, and if you were a human, you'd go, I'm a human. I, I can see that human sitting right there, mm -hmm. but they don't often they'll, they'll stop, they'll stare at you. And then what do they do? They start head bobbing, moving side to side. What is shift. that? They might stomp their foot trying to get. They're trying to get a different dimension of you because they're 
their visual acuity isn't good enough. If you move, you may be game over. Yeah. But if you stay motionless, they have a hard time seeing you. So, you know, the take-home message is not whether a whitetail has better vision than we do. It, it, the answer is it's different. It's best for what they need it to be. Uh, we have better visual acuity. We have better color vision, better better daytime vision, but we're lousy at night. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're great at night. They can detect movement better. They can keep things in focus across a plane and move through the forest, keeping a whole landscape in focus versus a point that we have to look at as we're running. So it's not better or worse. It's just different. Man, I, I couldn't imagine if you took our eyesight and somehow combined it with the deer's. Just like what the what the capabilities. The super predator prey animal. Uh, yeah. The University of Georgia folks have actually created some really cool visual images because they can go in and filter in uh, like video. They can get raw video of a hunter in the woods or a deer, and then they can filter out certain wavelengths and change things to where you, we can replicate what a deer seeing. So we can play it how a human sees the world, mm-hmm. and then with a couple of toggles of a switch, show what we think based on science, how a deer perceives the world. Yeah. It's very different and it's really cool. Um, it changes a lot of things, but most importantly, it's, it's your movement. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes down to vision, there's isn't as sharp as ours, but it's, it's, it, it got about a 310 degree field of view with these wide spaced eyes and they can detect movement at a very, very rapid rate and slow it down and see it very clearly. So it's about movement um, more than color, but if you are worried about colors, leave the blue jeans at home. Don't worry about the long wavelength colors, the reds and the blues. In fact, it's what's funny, and we didn't know this at the time, but the old hunting coat, the old Filson hunting coat yep, from back yep. in the 60s and 70s was red and black checkerboard. <laughs> Perfect color. It actually yeah. is a great color for deer. Um, it's it, you know, it may not be the best camouflage pattern, but uh, but nonetheless. It's it, the, the color combination. Deer cannot see the red at all, and the red-black together is a nice dark forest sort of pattern. So they didn't know they were actually onto pretty good, pretty good pattern back in the day. It got it done back in the day, and that man, this is all cool stuff to hear because, you know, in my time growing up, you know, the internet was just starting to become a thing, and I just always heard guys say, "Oh yeah, deer they see black and white." black and white they, they don't see any color it don't matter what you wear this or you know you just hear all these different myths and and everything and so so that so that covers probably the number one sense is, is their vision all right y'all there you go part one of the whitetail census series is finished and completed we just want to thank brian for hopping on to talk about this and you know we think this is something that y'all don't want to miss out on. So make sure that you're subscribed to the Huntsman podcast so you get a notification when part two drops next week. Just want to thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of Field Note Fridays powered by Federal Premium, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.